is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. That it is on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet's YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now. Is there a Sportsnet Later or is it just a Sportsnet Now? <laughs> Sportsnet Later is yeah, a less used app. Sometimes you're subscribing on iTunes and Spotify. However you are getting us, we're glad you are aboard. I'm Nick Kiprios. He's Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee on this Friday the 13th. Oh, is it Friday the 13th? Oh, God. This, that's not oh, good. Boy. Here we go. Didn't even realize it, did you guys? No. Oh, God. What's are you it? buying into that? Or do, should, no. Should, 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 should we wait two hours to find out how yeah. unlucky Friday the 13th is? It's one of those things you get in a mindset and you're like, ah, I don't know, things can kind of go weird on a day like today. Well, we, uh, despite the calendar day, we are lucky uh, to have uh, Jim Montgomery, head coach of the Boston Bruins, on the show. A head coach of an NHL team. What a yes. cool. I didn't know they would come on our show. That's fascinating. <laughs> One day we may get a Toronto Maple Leaf. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. The good news is they don't, they just. They just say, hey, listen, we're not coming on your show. But the good news is we're not going on any show. Yeah, that's true. No, no, no one is getting to talk to them. The, the, also, the bright spot is Sheldon Keefe comes on our show every day, whether he likes it's it true. or not. It's true. We he bring is, him on our show by yes, audio. Yes, we do. And, and he says generally the things that he would just say to us. Yeah. Anyways. Right. Or the principal. <laughs> well, uh, the other part is, is uh, Coach we is going to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> live. Uh, keep his mouth shut live on our show. Yes, we know that for does. sure. Uh, also, Doug McLean in about 40 minutes. So that's where we get the, the true. We're, we're less on the 13th of the month and more on just off the rails Friday. Because, you know, you don't know where that guy's going to take anything. Yeah. But guaranteed today he's. We haven't had him on in the last little while. I don't know. He was golfing a couple of times. So, you know, he's going to be he's going to be jacked to come on and start talking yeah. God knows what. Yeah, it, I always feel like Justin, whatever your name is. <laughs> I always feel like Doug has some like generational wealth thing going on. Every time we talk to him, he's like, yeah, I rented a Porsche and drove down to Cabo. And it's like, what? What do you do? In the second hour, Shane Wright's going to pop in, and we'll get to ask him about uh, his gold medal. Shane Wright and J- Jim Montgomery, a couple of guests today. And how hot his Seattle Kraken are. Yeah. You going to ask him about that? Yes. Okay. That's slow. You know, he's not there. They beat the Boston Bruins. I know, in Boston. In Boston. Boston scored zero times on them. Which sets up a game where... Both the Leafs and Boston are coming off losses. That's good. You wanted Boston to get Boston's attention, really sharpen their axe before Leafs come to town. Well, and it's coming off a loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Detroit Red Wings, which apparently hasn't happened in a very long time in regulation. Since 2017. That's the first time they've beat the Leafs in regulation. It's 2023. I know. That's pretty crazy. That is crazy. I I will say that I love the fact that maybe the Bruins were looking ahead as well, right? I think that's possible. It matters to me that the Bruins care as much about Saturday night as the Leafs do. Because to me, last night was a 
vintage scheduled loss, second half of a back-to-back letdown spot where you're going up against Bruins on Saturday and then the, they lose to the Squids on home ice and regulation. They're both, they're both looking ahead to Saturday night, if you ask me. Love it. Set the stage. I get that for sure, and I think we're going to hear that out of Sheldon Keefe, who, uh, despite losing to a, a team that doesn't seem destined for a playoff spot, uh, he, he was actually okay with that. Let's go to our first Kipper's Clipper. Well, I love the effort. I mean, it's not just the back-to-back. I mean, that's five games in eight days for our team. So uh, the fact that we punched back in that second period to make it a game when it's 2 nothing, you don't let it run away on you. You, know, you score a big goal, and then you're fighting right there basically to the end. I love that uh, with our group. Obviously, we just couldn't generate enough offense to, to make a make it a real game to go in our favor. But in terms of the effort, I love that uh, our guys dug in tonight. Loved it. Is last night a little bit of an example that if the big boys don't carry you, is there, is there, is was there a sign that secondary scoring that that would have been a perfect night where somebody in the bottom six steps up with a goal here and there, and Bobby McMahon to kick one in or something, and, and you find a way, and you find a way, but. No Austin Matthews, and I, I thought I thought Detroit did a pretty good job on Mitch Marner. I didn't think Mitch Marner was that great last night, which is kind of a rarity that he, yeah. he's he's quiet. But as Kiefer mentioned, five games in eight days, like it didn't seem like a whole ton of yeah. pop out there for the, the I would, fellas. I would say that was by far Mitch Marner's least noticeable game of the year. Where Just it's like, like not you know, bad, most, not no, like I like most games. Like Kipper said, he's involved in everything. You really, you know, you notice him in every facet of the game, popping offensively, defensively. Just felt like a night where I barely, it feels like they didn't, didn't say his name a whole lot. Yeah. Like he wasn't involved a whole lot. We saw on, on the lone goal with Sandine, uh, a really nice give and go with uh, Tavares. Mm-hmm, but nice outside, outside of that, I didn't get anything out of Tavares either. No, and he's the guy, Lucas Raymond scores that goal coming from behind Tavares, who's just watching the puck instead of getting the next wave of guys. You know, it's a defensive nap for me yeah. on that one from Tavares. So not what you're looking from one of your veteran guys. Not to mention that one hit Samsonov in the hip and was going to hit the middle of the net and still went in. But Samsonov otherwise made some big saves, I thought. Back-to-back games yeah. where the goalies give you a chance yeah. at the end. To come up with a point or two, and Murray was able to do that for a regulation win. Samsonov uh, didn't, and he didn't have any offense to support him, but he he kept them in the game. Yeah, he made some saves. That's a winnable game for them, right? They're they're down two one again. Matthews not there to shoot one in as he so commonly does. You know, a couple of really. You know, a couple of big ones along the way. So not a poor performance. I'm not sure what his save percentage would have finished at, but just below 900 probably. But still, a pretty good night from Samsonov. And you you get a sense of the competitiveness now a little bit out of Samsonov. Here they are. They pull the goalie. They get the the 3-1 game convincing goal. Mm -hmm. And then they, for good measure, they put in the fourth one. Do you see his reaction after the fourth goal? No. He was pissed. Oh, yeah? Because that's all about messing with my save percentage and my average. And that's just a crappy goal to give up for a goaltender. Yeah, particularly a guy scrapping for the starting spot and earning his next contract as the season goes along. Those goals matter as much as any, really. All right, you mentioned uh, 
the goal, no goal. We had talked about McCann yeah. at uh, in pretty good, great length uh, the other day, and here he is. He gets his first NHL goal. Mm-hmm. Same city. I got my first NHL oh, goal. Yeah. I can't. Was your dad even, there? Oh yeah, my mom and dad were there. Oh wow. I can't even imagine the feeling, the moment that 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 pause, and it's like, oh god. When they took it away. Yeah, that's. On, a, on your first NHL goal? Yeah. Talk about giveth and taketh away. I know. And, like, you know, he kicks it up to his stick or tries it, I, to away from the net, hits the other it, team. It was until Sammy on our chat line said, oh, no, this is uh, New Jersey all over again. And yeah. it didn't even dawn on me. I thought for sure, for sure that this was going to be just a stupid challenge by Detroit. And then it just didn't even dawn on me yeah that. i wonder if this is like one of the ones they use in the nhl offices to say like you know we got to change this rule a bit this isn't the guy kicking a puck into the net this is a guy who kicked a puck and it went into the net like are we really wanting to take that goal off the board uh, I, it's a good question but i, I and i hate it and i'm with you 100 yeah, percent legally but it's probably no goal you start they, they are they are worried about like tweaking anything because there's always that trickle effect of what it means and yeah. uh, a whole new can of worms could open up because of it. Yeah. And I don't know if they're willing to go there or how hot button the topic is. We've seen a couple of Toronto Maple Leaf uh, examples. I don't know. I, I'm not watching outside of you know the Leafs on on most nights. On is is this a league wide issue too here or well, are other players getting ripped off? If if the league were to suddenly say kicked in goals count, get it into the net. If you got to yeah. kick it, whatever. If they suddenly did that, is there a big concern that people are going to suddenly become Zlatan Ibrahimovic or whatever his name is and do bicycle bad. kicks from the center? You know, like are we concerned? That, I, I think yeah. you're more concerned about the knives they play on well, going into somebody's. I understand face. the yeah. concern, but that's do what I'm we, saying. Are we really concerned anyone's taking giant punts at the we, puck? Do we go your way until we see you know a, a, a jugular? Can uh, we laying slash at, at least a couple of throats before we? No, I mean, I, thought, I, like to, I don't know if it would happen. That's, uh, I don't think you want to try that. How about to, if your blade's on the ice, it's okay? To me, I just think that's, unfortunately for Bobby McMahon, and the, the optics aren't great, I don't know how you change it. Like To me, it's just, if it goes off your skate and doesn't hit another stick, that's, it's no goal. Then if your skate is on the ice, it should be a goal. <sighs> Well, whose jugular are you slashing by with your skate on the ice? No one's, so why can't you do it? I don't know. Maybe then it's just more gray area. It's like the posts and all this stuff. To me, if it's a kicking motion at all, it doesn't hit a stick, it goes in the net, it doesn't count. We do so not agree. afraid of gray area. Let the refs make some calls. No. Well, yeah. I mean, I, uh, we've seen how that's gone the last couple of nights, so maybe, I, maybe we avoid that. I'm really starting to hate that I think that a goal is not a goal until maybe a minute and a half after. Yeah. They, Have a it used to be like, once a goal's in, you're cheering and you're... What's well, actually what I dislike about the NFL. You're 100% all in on anything because it's like, oh, God, That's it was NFL offside. That's NFL every play. It's like, I hate catch. It. does it count? Does I hate it. Celebrate? I hate it. This happened in soccer too, right, with VAR, yeah. where, where they can review offsides that are, you know, by a guy's eyelash. If he's offside by that, they'll call it back. So you never get a true moment of... 
the puck's in the net. We scored a goal. There's nothing no that can happen. No questions asked. It's like semi-celebrate while you stare at the ref to see if the you know flag the gets that, thrown. The thing that upset me the most about what the goal last night with McMahon is, if it doesn't hit Mata's skate, it's on his stick and he's shooting it in the net. Like he was kicking the puck up to, to his himself. stick, which was on the ice, about to tap the goal in, and it hits Mata's stick. So out of luck, slick, eh? Are you back heel kick up to your stick? What he was trying to do. So are you going to get rid of as soon as you kick it at all? It doesn't count. Like, you can't kick it up to your stick. Like, there's just so many little things to me that upset me about that goal. But Let's hear Sheldon. I feel sick for him. On the no-go call. Yeah, my understanding, <laughs> and, I, and I had asked the, the official for the exact clarification on it, my understanding is that if, because it's it's kicked um, in, in any direction, if it's kicked and it doesn't go off of another stick, even if it's, whether it's our stick, their stick, the goalie stick, if it, doesn't go off of anything that uh, any sticks then it's it comes back it just that's the way it goes in so rules are rules in terms of what should or shouldn't be that's over my head that's so, all it's over all of our heads yeah because I, I i don't know i just watch and you're like uh okay i guess you can interpret it that uh yeah it was redirected and the rule says this and according to the rules it's correct but it just Sucks. Yeah. Bummer for McMahon, but nice that the Leafs have a player who'll be in the crease. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. And I just feel for Bob, you know, family flies in. Yeah. He has a great first game, gets to go on the father's trip, and you go down there. You, for was it the second shift of the game? He gets out there, puck goes in the net, everybody's going crazy. Ugh. Actually, I was uh, I did the Flames game last night, and Walker Dewar, second NHL game, just like McMahon, his Who's family. He, I know. Who? Second, What's Walker Dewar. Walker sounds like two adjectives. <laughs> but um, anyway, he scored, and his parents were there. It was pretty cool. I, I think that the good news for Bobby is that he's going to get another crack against the Boston Bruins. I like him. Yeah, you do, eh? Oh, yeah. And It's fun talking about a couple of guys that can he's, play. He's Holmberg in already. You, yeah. uh, Hunt? No, sorry. Done. <laughs> Hey, really appreciate, uh, uh, you know, coming in, giving it a good look, but... Really? Completely agree, Cameron. Wow. Yeah, McMahon. McMahon over Hunt all day long. Bigger, heavier, looks the part. The Big Mac. Faster. How about Aston Reese? I don't know what he's got to do to come out. Hey, they must love him. He He can't have Hunt and... Austin Reese. Yeah. They're really kind of twins. They're so yeah, similar. one's a more energetic guy in Hunt, and the other's maybe a better positional guy, I assume, because they love him. Hunt, 13th, 14th, go back to the Marlies. Love that in the playoffs. Come on up, no love problem. Love having Hunt in the press box. Yeah, but say, cannot play fourth line Tampa Bay Lightning. Man. Yeah, I, you know, I... I I respect your opinion on that sort of role and that sort of player. And yeah. I've, you know, I, when I watch him, I just think he's got some life to him, you know? Hunt? Some, yes. Yes. Which I like. So I, 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 I can't. I, I don't disagree with you at all, uh, but you are limited at 5'11 and a half, yeah. six feet. That's all. He's definitely six feet in the program. Yeah. Yeah. The same way I'm 6'2 <laughs> in all the programs. Uh, but it's, it's actually an. Another good find by Kyle Dubas. That's all. Just to take something out of nothing and and make it look like uh, an asset. Yeah. A serviceable asset. 
I think uh, Bobby's on his way. You know what I think of? I think of the Bruins. Uh, actually, no, even better example is the Pittsburgh Penguins for a year. Do you remember the, one of the greatest tweets of all time, Sammy? Is I think it's, uh, who is it, Acting the Fullerman maybe? That was like, every time you look at the, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they got another guy named like Buzz Flibbit or Mark Donk <laughs> who has 60 points on the first line. It's like yeah. when you're a good team and you bring someone into your structure and into your culture, if it's a good structure and culture, they should be able to look okay. Yeah. And I think the Leafs are there now where they put guys in for a couple of games and you don't go, well, that guy's an AHL player. They look good. Like dressing you in a Blue Jay uniform and sticking you out in left field. As you, long you as the ball notice. No, as long as the ball doesn't come to you, yeah. you look exactly like any other left I fielder look, would look like. As long as my shirt's not tucked so tight they can see my little <laughs> belly. But otherwise, yeah. I guess with Alexander Alejandro Kirk on the team, you can get away with a bit of a pooch. <laughs> yeah, but he actually hits the ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of contact. Yeah, I'd be standing in the back left, back of the box, just cowering. <laughs> not quite the look the other night that we had against Nashville. So Nylander doesn't hold his spot at the center ice position. Holmberg all of a sudden slides down in. Mm-hmm. Uh Let's go to Sheldon on that, but and we'll pick it up uh, after his comments. Yeah, I mean, less about tonight, but more so what he's done for us. You know, to be honest, it's something I had thought about last night, but I didn't think he had a great night last night, and didn't think the timing was right. But uh, here tonight, I thought he was a little bit better, and and we needed more offense. So I just thought it was the time was right to give him a little bit more there and have a true center in that spot. So I thought we'd give him a look. And I thought he I thought he was good with the puck and made some plays, but obviously not enough uh, you know, for our team as a whole. Okay, we're going to pick up on that a little later. Let's just quickly go to keep on playing the Boston Bruins because we got Jim Montgomery uh, in a moment or two. Well, I mean, it's not much of a race at this point. I mean, obviously they're, they are, I mean... Unless I'm mistaken, they're playing at a pace that's the highest winning percentage in the history of the NHL. So it's not much of a race at this point. But you know, we would like to make it so that they have to try to maintain that pace or we're going to be right there. So that's really it. Uh, obviously, we failed to get points tonight. But anytime we're playing head-to-head, uh, it's a good opportunity to compete. But more importantly, it's a good chance for our team to bounce back and go against a team that uh, is going to push us in all regards. Um, and I'm excited about that. You know, we'll take a day off tomorrow, much needed, and regroup for Saturday. All right, from the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs to the head coach of the Boston Bruins, let's welcome in uh, Jim Montgomery. Jim, thanks so much for uh, giving up a few minutes of your time. Uh, I know there's a big game Saturday night, and uh, for Leaf fans, they're, they're a little excited that you've given them hope by actually losing a re- regulation game at home to Seattle. So on behalf of Leaf fans, uh, uh, thanks for giving them some life. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you, uh, Justin and Nick, having me on the show. And, yeah, that's going to be a fun game tomorrow night. And as far as just coming off of uh, a loss um, and, you know, for the first time, uh, uh, regulation loss at home. So, uh, you know, what is what has been going what, – what's been so right and, and what kind of snuck in last night uh, on, on the 3 nothing loss? Yeah, I think what's been going uh, so right is uh, we're really deep. I mean, we have two really good goalies. You know, we got a deep back end, and we got four lines that uh, can push momentum, uh, push the needle back in our favor the next shift that they're out there. And when all four lines are going, I think we're really hard to handle. So you couple that with great leadership and a culture that – 
I feel very fortunate to be a part of. I, it leads to a lot of success. Um, and then what happened last night was I think we got a little bit of our own medicine. We played against a team that played with great structure, uh, didn't give us much, didn't allow us uh, to get the middle ice, didn't allow us to, um, you know, overwhelm them uh, in the offensive zone because they were very aggressive. And then they attacked our net well. Uh, you know, not dissimilar to what Toronto did to us when we were in Toronto. Jim, you mentioned their uh, leadership and, cu- and the culture there in Boston. Before you got there, what was it like, you know, become being the head coach and wanting to implement your own ideas and, and somewhat of your own culture, I imagine, with some, some parts of it already in place there? Was it, um, you know, any sort of conflict or contrast? What was the process like of uh, becoming a head coach of something that had been established with some guys? Yeah, um, well, I think... Uh, the biggest thing about the culture with the Boston Bruins is how, I guess, open-minded and welcoming people are. It's a very inclusive environment. And, um, you know, led by the Bergerons, Marchands, Pasternas, Krejci's, Felinos, uh, Lindholm, McAvoy, uh, Carlo. Like, we, there's so many players that understand the Bruin culture. Um, and they want to be pushed. They want to learn new ways. Uh, to better themselves individually and to better the team. So uh, there was never any conflict or contrast. It was, you know, without the puck, we're not changing much. because. Mm-hmm. But with the puck, there's a couple of wrinkles we're going to add. And they wanted to see those wrinkles, and they wanted to go to work on them. And, you know, that's where, where, where I say, like, it's an easy job because you come into the job and the players have a thirst for knowledge and then the communication, the give and take back and forth is, uh, is really good. You know, it's like, what do you think about here, what we're doing? Do you think we should do this? You know, and it's, it's, it ends up being our plan. It's not mm-hmm. my plan. It, it's a plan that we all believe can give us the best opportunity at success. And, and it's, keeps evolving because you play against different teams that pose different challenges. And I think what we're trying to do now is prepare ourselves, you know, for the big challenges that lie ahead in the spring. We're talking to Jim Montgomery, head coach of the Boston Bruins. Jim, from the outside in, we can all look at uh, a guy like Patrice Bergeron or or Brad Marchand and go, "They're, they're, they're great players. But once you get there and then you're on the inside, like you've been, what are the things that you see that, uh, doesn't necessarily show from the outside? Uh, I guess what doesn't show from the outside is how hard they work every day. They're the best players in practice every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is how good people they are. Like Patrice Bergeron's awareness of everybody else. If someone's down, he's aware. He picks the person back up. If someone's out of sorts, either, you know, because they're being way too competitive and they're getting on the, uh, on the verge of being obsessive about something he's aware and he pulls that person back into a healthy state of mind. Um, and then like with Marshawn, he's not going to accept anything except anybody's best. So he's going to raise the level of your competitive fire, whether it's through his example, or he's going to lift it by, you know, trying to demand more out of yourself. And that permeates through everybody else. Um, everybody expects 
the best that everybody has and everybody expects everybody treat with everyone with respect and care about each other. Jim, you know, all of us are different with different people, I think, in life. That's only natural to sort of make it make it work. And I wonder how you feel about how you're different with this team, you know, knowing that you've been with a couple of teams in the NHL uh, in the past and in university and, and all that. Do you find with this many veteran guys that you get to be quieter maybe because they're they're not afraid to speak up? How do you feel that you're different as a coach with this group? Well, I, I feel that um, I give them a longer leash in games behind the bench, bench when things aren't going well. You know, like we've we've had a couple of times where we're up four one and we give up two quick goals. Uh, normally, I would call timeout and make sure the team's settled. Uh, but this team talks well on the bench, so it's like, well, what they're saying, I can't do any better. Um, so I just let them play themselves out of it, and they do. Uh, and then I think the other part would be uh, off the ice. Um, it's not so much giving them a leash there. But it's the communication of, I go to them, and a big part of that is Don Sweeney. Like, mm-hmm. Don likes when I go and talk to players and ask their opinions. And that allows me to be myself because I want to know what the players are thinking. That helps me make the best decisions for the team. And the players here are always going to say what they think is going to help the Boston Bruins. So the trust level is so high end that when everybody's thinking about what's best for the Boston Bruins, you're going to end up making a decision that's going to be best for the entire group. And it's not my decisions. It's, it's a team first decision by everybody. Jim, with uh, such a big lead in the Atlantic and uh, sights on maybe a, a first overall president's trophy, whatever the case is, I mean, what do, you, what do you do for the next 40 games outside of those few things? What, what do you do to prepare this team, not to win a round or two, but to win the Stanley Cup? Where, where's your focus outside of, you know, what, uh, what, what, what is being presented here for 40 more games? Yeah, I think our focus is we, we try and stay in the moment. It's a big part of what we do is being very process-oriented. And if we think our process and our details and our habits are good, the success is going to come, but how do we get better? Well, there's areas that we try and pick on like one day or max two areas of our game that we think either needs refinement or it's an area where we can get better. And that, and we know that we're doing this in order to be at our best when it comes playoff time, because it's hard to like our, our group knows how we're supposed to play in all three zones with and without the puck. Um, But are there wrinkles that we can add that are going to make us harder to play against? You know, like, do we change what we do in the offensive zone to try and create more offense? Those are just examples, but that's how we maintain our focus to try and be really good that day, but also with a little bit of our sights set on the spring. Mm -hmm. And I know great teams like yours, you guys typically would focus on yourself and doing what you do best and making other teams worry about you. Is there anything that the Maple Leafs do that's unique or you say, okay, this, you know, when we play this opponent, the Maple Leafs are like this. So we, we have to pay attention to it. Yeah. You know, uh, the Maple Leafs are are extremely well coached. Uh, They transition well. They defend really well. It's very underrated how well they defend as a, as a team. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they also pose some individual problems, you know, like 
how do you match up against Austin Matthews? You know, who goes against Tavares and Marner? You know, like, and, you know, how can we try and get in front of their net because they're so well in defending the net? Those are, you know, so they pose a lot of problems. And that's why I think you look at the Leafs and Hurricanes and what the Bruins have done to not have 10 losses in your first 41 or two games, depending on how many you've played. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, so, like, this poses a great opportunity for us to see where we're at and where we need to continue to improve, whether it's individual matchups or it's uh, the collective team versus team. Jim, what you can do is just keep throwing Lindholm out there. And, you know, I, I've, it, it was a trade last March for Lindholm with the Boston Bruins where you're like, okay, well, they got this guy out of Anaheim and – not necessarily Lynn Holmes, the first name that rolls off your tongue as a as a great 200-foot uh, defenseman. Um, but, man, oh, man, has he made life for the Boston Bruins a lot easier uh, moving off of a guy like Chara right, in his heyday. And just what he's meant to you so far this season and and how he's been able to really go to another level. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he's been uh, huge for our uh, team all year long. And, um, you know, I was out West when he was in Anaheim and I always thought his game was really good. And it's like, you were wondering, you know, early in his career, Anaheim was really good. And that's when his best years were, were his first three years in the league. And then, you know, um, every organization, I guess, has downturns and Anaheim is, as you know, is in a downturn. And I think a little bit, um, his development and his own, uh, personal game maybe suffered because of you're in Anaheim, you're not in the playoffs, everyone in the league kind of forgets about you. Um, and I think him coming to an original six team, being in a hockey rabid city like Boston where the fans love you, has re-energized him. And I think his 200-foot game is really, really underrated in the league. And I think people were, okay, well, this guy's a fine defenseman. He's not fine. He's elite. Yeah, and that's he really has been super effective. Um, you know, last question for me, Jim. We appreciate your time. Just wanted to get uh, a thought from you on on your goaltenders. Uh, Linus Allmark obviously having an unbelievable season. How much of that is getting to play behind a, a good team with good structure, and how much of your good structure comes from trusting that guy? Uh, I think it's fifty fifty. It's, uh, yeah. it's a really good question, and I think that. Uh, he has matured, and goalies mature later, right? Like, if, if you look forward, peak at the earliest, then defenseman, then goalies, because it's the hardest position to, to be really, really good at. And his, I think, second year in Boston has helped him. He's used to be in Buffalo where he faced a lot of shots. Now he came to a situation last year where he faces less shots, and how do you keep your concentration and focus when you're used to 38 shots compared to 28 um, and then I think just being in the same city um, has really elevated his game. And we're really lucky. We have Jeremy Swayman, who's a terrific young goalie, um, who's, uh, you know, got off. He got injured early in the year, delayed his development. And he's been great for us his last seven starts in a row. Hey, Jim, one more for me. And I, I hope you're okay with me asking about uh, just going from losing your job in Dallas. And you've been public about that. Um, and, uh, just now, and we're in this world now where sometimes it's really hard for some people to get second chances 
And uh, here you are getting your second chance and just how grateful you are for it. I'm incredibly grateful for it. And um, I would not be in this position if it were not for great family, great friends, um, and, you know, support of so many people in the hockey world, whether it's um, referees, linesmen, executives, players, and, and fellow coaches. Um, the hockey world's a great environment um, where people um, are great people. And I think for myself, um, I, I would like our entire society to be a little more tolerant and forgiving of people who do make mistakes. I know I'm very lucky, and I would not be the person I am if it wasn't for second chances. And, uh, you know, the onus is on the person to make changes in their lives, but you can't do it alone. And I think sometimes uh, we forget that, you know, no one does anything alone. You look at great hockey players, you know, when they were kids, they were supported in a good culture, a good community. It takes a community for everybody to prosper. Very well said, Jim. Uh, appreciate your time. Wish you all the best and uh, looking forward to a great game tomorrow night, Toronto and Boston. Thanks for doing this, Jim. Uh, you got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Wow. Good interview. If I do say so ourselves. Guy was scraping the bottom of the barrel in Dallas, and here he is. I don't know. Should we just engrave the Jack Adams award to him right now? Or Five did, losses. The, the, did he lose it with a, a, being shut out by Seattle last <laughs> no, night? No, I think he's okay. Okay. You know, it's it, it's really impressive to listen to him talk about all the things about trust in their team and decision-making. The one that stuck out to me the most was talking about off-ice stuff. And just getting the feel from the team what they want to do because yeah. he trusts that they actually have the team's interest in mind, not like, you know, what club they want to go to. I loved listening to him talk about Patrice Bergeron mm. because I'm just like, he's he's talking about Mark Messier for me. Yeah, Whereas, that's a great comparable. Where he, they're just so in tune with everybody's energy in the room. And if someone's down in the room and it doesn't matter... Brian Leach, Mike Richter, or a fourth-line guy like me, or the guy who washes the towels in the dressing yeah. room. If, if if there's something wrong in there, then it's wrong for all of us, and we need to fix it. You know, that's why it's hard to see Boston really falling off. Like, you know, I, they'll have a stretch of games where they're not great, but there does seem to be such a, a you know, a trust, a, a team factor there where that is a united group, and you look through that lineup and the amount of veteran guys, whether, and I'm not talking about the same names. I mean, Taylor Hall is, you know, a veteran guy now, and Charlie Coyle and Krejci and McAvoy and, you know, and guys, you know, Derek Forbort. These guys have been around now. So it's not just Marchand and Bergeron and, you know, they and Pasternak. These guys, they're a veteran group of guys, top to bottom. Tough to see them really having a massive fall and not pulling it back together. So I'm going to go to our uh, resident uh, superfan, Sammy, on this one because... Mm-hmm. Let's put aside for a second how deep they are or how good they've looked. Mm-hmm. Is the sense from Sammy's world, i.e. Leaf Nation, is that it's out there that we could, we still feel better about maybe beating a Boston Bruins team than we do a Tampa Bay Lightning? Because there is a sense that over the last few years, outside of that meltdown in, what, 2013, that the Leaf teams have gone into Boston. They've won. And if I'm not mistaken, Boston may be 
a team for like Mitch Marner who has as many points against them as he does any other team. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. We, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. But they're, they, 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 is the perception is that the Leafs can go into Boston and beat them? No. <laughs> no way. I, I, I really. What? I, I think that the perception is a lot of feeling sorry for themselves with the division. And, and and Boston's included that yes. with Tampa. Look at I I forget where I saw it, but somebody tweeted out that over the last five years the three best records in the league are these three teams. Like these three teams are. I know, but they've had success in Boston. Yeah, outside it, of I, the I meltdown said to you yesterday, Sam. That this is the Leafs do well in these spots. I know they haven't won the playoff I'm series. You. I'm with you on this. Yeah, they haven't won the playoff so, series, and so it's tough you, to call it success. You'd rather go into a series against the Bruins and the Lightning. No. Is that what you're saying? No, I, I just think Not saying I, I think uh, the gorilla in the room's bigger on with a Tampa Bay jersey than it is a Boston Bruin jersey. I think they're equally horrifying. Okay, all right. I honestly couldn't pick. If I had to pick which one I'd rather play, maybe Boston because it's been a few years. Maybe it something be change. Tampa. You should prefer Tampa. This Boston I? Bruin, I think so. I listen. Linus Lomark's having an unbelievable season, but when but push comes Vasilevsky. to shove, I'd much rather go in a game are we against gonna, him than Vasilevsky. Are, are, is this going to be one of those games where? A win means more than, I don't know, a, a, a win late in the season or to, to win a division or something. You, like, just, is, is there going to be value in this? If the Leafs lose 5-2 or if Boston wins 5-2, is this something that's going to last? I, it's a good question. I never really know. You know, it's, I think it's pretty easy to point. From both perspectives, the least winning, like the people who are really pro this core and pro this league, like, see, they can beat the Bruins. And then the people who are against the core will be like, Ooh, oh, yeah, well, you beat them in January. Great job. Plan the parade. Like, you, this argument can go both ways. But it can't hurt going in there on a Saturday night and beating the Bruins on home ice, which is something that outside of the squids, no one does. Yeah, you want to feel like you're able to do it. I, I just can't wait don't for want, the game. You don't want to be... The Montreal Canadiens or Senators coming into Toronto and getting a wing. Or the Winnipeg Jets, was it? Mark Scheifele, you said, nothing better than beating the Leafs, and it's a big celebration. You know, you can't put the Bruins that far ahead. Any the better Bruins, than beating the Leafs? Hey, no. any better? There it is. You know, the Bruins are a good team. They're the best team in the NHL this season. Mm-hmm. The gap is not insurmountable for Toronto. Getting there. I don't mean to catch them in the regular season standings. Oh, like to I beat mean, them in a series. In terms of teams, yeah, yeah, okay. where they're at. Yeah. Like, listen, it's don't be, it's, over, don't listen, underestimate how gonna, great the Leafs' three best players are. If the Leafs are. play the Bruins in a playoff series, we're, we're all going to be sitting here talking about a game seven at TD Garden. Let's just, let's just put that out there. The fans will Dunn. get Austin Matthews back for tomorrow night. Almost certainly. You think? But yes. there has to be over 60 minutes tomorrow night that we can see, at least get a feel for how deep Boston is or uh, what may be missing still from the Leafs. Can we get that out of 60 minutes? I, I, I would believe that I, I will get a feel for that. I know you're putting a lot of stock in these games. So there's three Boston and one Tampa left. Is that right? Mm-hmm. On the air? No, two, two Boston. Boston. Two Boston. One and Tampa. one Tampa. Left. Yeah, and I do put stock in these <laughs> games. Yeah. Oh, my, I son, think, my son's I think, having a sleepover. I, I, there's going to be kids at my house. Oh, God, oh damn boy. It. I do believe that Kyle would be watching this and wondering, okay, where where's where the Bruins ahead on this? Third and fourth line guys. Nick Foligno is can having a the, hell of a year. Can I give you the Boston Bruins bottom six? This is okay. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 
Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, Trent Frederick is the third line. Oh, that is absurd. That's a good. very good third Nick line. Nick Foligno, uh, Tom McNo- Thomas yes. Noshik, and uh, Kopanen. Yeah. I don't know who that is right now. But so, yeah. I mean, really, really good. That third line of Hall, Coyle, Frederick is. Frederick's a player, guys. Beast. He's like the perfect. He's exactly what's, what the Leafs need. Let's imagine cool. like it's Coyle Again, six, five. Put, put, <laughs> I don't even know. Put him on with Tavares and Marner for a few shifts or uh, for a big game against Tampa. I just want the Leafs to have a guy like that so bad, boys. Like, well, I just really do. Listen, just like I, a guy that's a I'm watching. A I, want, I don't even know if I'm allowed yeah, to say that on the radio. I don't even know I, if you have to be a dick anymore in 2023. <laughs> Frederick is. <laughs> I know Dale's he is. Of his arms. Like, like, I, I don't, can't believe this. I know. We're, we're not on delay. <laughs> but, oh, my God, that hurt my ear. <laughs> I'm watching last night. I'm going, Andrew Kopp. I'm noticing him out there. I bet He's you Detroit heavy. would trade you Andrew Kopp. No, but you oh, can't, they he, would give you him for his back. <laughs> you can't take him. Five it, million. He makes five? Five. For five years. Five. Yeah, a bit. So that's what has to happen, though, is Kyle needs to find a cop before UFA. Right? Yeah. Pre-UFA cop. Who is that? Rangers. From Winnipeg to the Rangers, they had their run. Yeah. They can't afford him anymore. Yep. Where is Andrew Cop before free agency out there for Kyle and the Leafs? It's a great question. Mid. Um, <laughs> great question. Um, That's one of those drops that sounds live every time. Just to quickly, Mid. Go, back, quickly go back to your uh, Mitch Marner with the Bruins. Yes. He has... 28 points in 17 games against the Boston Bruins. Seven goals, 21 assists for yeah, a plus nine rating. Is that regular season? Uh, yeah. Pretty darn good. And it's in, unbelievable. And his, he's only played, so that's in 17 games. Against the Sens, he's leading. He's got, but he's played 28 games against them. And 11 goals and 22 assists. Uh, how about Austin against Boston? Uh, can, give me two seconds. Oh, now we've got to race to commercial. Uh, uh, well, I'm quickly, I'm going as fast as I can here. I do, give me some... Um, Give me some Jeopardy music. Here we go. Boston, Bruins, Austin Matthews. 13 games against the Bruins, which feels like not that many. He's got eight goals and eight assists for 16 points. You know, you just mentioned, like, that Marner has 28 games against Ottawa and less against Boston, like, by significant amounts. I wonder what that's about. He missed some time. Yeah. A couple years. Just, just, yeah. Canadian division. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the answer. True. Thanks, Brandale. Which is why Detroit also. It's more than just a hat rack in uh... 2017. <laughs> Somewhere you can hang your earphones, eh? Way to go. Valued contributor. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Off the Rails Friday with Doug McLean coming up. I got this bizarre story this week with Doug McLean. I'm going to share with you. I don't know if you want to have him on the line listening or not, Sam, but I need a minute to kind of shape this thing up because Doug was in a frenzy this week calling me up, asking me about John Bartlett. That... After the break, you're listening and watching to Real Kipper and Born. Just before going to break, I, I told you just uh, we're going to have Doug McLean on. Um, but I, I got to tell you this quick quick story uh, earlier in this week. I Doug, get it. Doug's on. He can listen. All right. Earlier in this week, earlier this week, Doug gives me a call and he's like, John Bartlett, John Bartlett. And I'm like, John Bartlett, our sports net play-by-play guy, John Bartlett. And he mm-hmm. goes, yes. 
He's driving me crazy, he says. He says uh, he keeps calling me up, and he wants me to invest, and I'm ignoring it, and he just keeps coming back to me, sending me messages. Mm -hmm. He says he's starting to stalk me. He goes, how well do you know him? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I talked to him a couple times. We talk hockey, but, like, if you're asking me if – He's on a flight down to Florida to chop you up in 10 pieces. I don't know him that well. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, you're alive. That's good news. I'm here. <laughs> he was, you he water? was hacked. He was trying to sell me. He was trying to sell me crypto. And then, <laughs> uh, then I realized his uh, Instagram account was hacked. Some idiot was Wanted to send me crypto. I was trying to be nice to Bartlett. You know, what are you doing? Like, well, you know, I'm busy. I'm playing golf. I go to the beach. I'm doing a little real estate in PEI. But overall, I well, I've been got this crypto deal, and I'm thinking, look, shut up. I don't want crypto. Headaches. <laughs> anyway, so that was my week. I mean, I get the anyway. So it was it, Mario last week. It wasn't. You know, it, was, uh, uh, it, it was Bartlett this week. I got people bugging me all the time. So it was an actual. Anyway. It was an actual person. It wasn't like an automated machine se- sending you stuff. Someone actually no idea pretended a, to be John Bartlett. It's not been a good. It just it just hasn't been a good week. Like I told you the other day, I go to uh, I go to play Pine Tree, this exclusive country club where Broder's a member and Ray Shepard's a member and Mario's a member. Mario's kids a member. <laughs> I play where Mario's wife is a member, but. Yeah. Anyway, I I thought I'd give the guys a treat, so I bring three cigars for the uh, one guy I know who doesn't doesn't smoke cigars. So I brought two cigars for the the other two guys. So I give them my torch. I light their cigars. I put it back underneath. And we're driving down the first hole, and I look at the guy. The towel, the white beautiful towel they gave me, is on fire. <laughs> <in my golf>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been a tough week. Been a tough week. Anyway, You're supposed so, to put the lid back that, on the torch. <laughs> no, it's it, it's an automatic. It shuts off itself for whatever reason. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's just why do we it, have you like on? It sounds like you watch no hockey torch. anymore. You, you, why do we have you on? Are you, you, have you watched anything? You know, only, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. The only time I watch a game is when I have to go on with you two. That's the only time I watch Good. just so I can at least be a little bit up. Anyway, I watched a couple last night, so it was fine. Are but you, anyway, are, other than that. Are you buying great. into Sammy McKee's uh, long 82 games, uh, throw away a, a loss for the Leafs last night in Detroit? Who's Sammy McKee? Who's uh, Sammy he's, McKee? Uh, he's the guy that pushes some buttons uh, in the back room here. Oh, oh, Sam, your producer. Oh, I didn't yes. know. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just know him as Sammy. <laughs> All right. Long 82 game season. No, I mean, look, the Leafs have had a heck of a season. I, you know, I saw your article uh, kissing up to the Leafs saying they're going to beat Tampa Bay in the first round. I, I asked somebody the other day that was actually at the game in Tampa watching them play, and they think they, you know what? It's going to be a heck of a series. It really is. Tampa's not as good without McDonough, but they still have a dynamic group, and they got Pasileski, Hedman, Sergachev. I mean, it's still going to be 
it's going to be an unbelievable series. I, I'm, I'm, I'd like to get this next, whatever, what, half a season over with so I can start watching playoff hockey. Then yeah. I'll really be focused. It's a long march. Long march to the playoffs here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Half a season ago, you know, we're, we're quibbling over their bottom six, and they, they've added a new kid here, Bobby McMahon, who's in there. Pontus Holmberg is starting to play up the lineup. Are you a believer that these kids can come up from the American League as sort of untouted guys and be in the playoffs night one for the Leafs and hold up their end of the bargain? And he's gone. He hung up on me. He didn't want to talk about the bottom six. I'm interested in his answer. I actually, I am, I, am. I am curious to know if he legitimately was like, this kid wants to talk to me about Pontus Holmberg. No. I got stuff to but do. But he's, he's been around long enough to know that a Nick Paul can make it or break a seven game series. Yeah. I love, I love that in two stories, he got duped by a bot and set his towel on fire and we're asking for opinions. <laughs> but he's, he's starting to lose his mind. I love that. I love that he also doesn't care. This is what it is. Take you got it back? You know, it sounded like he almost ran out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're pushing a lot of buttons back there. So. I'm interested in his uh, his sure. answer because you, you you do frame it rather interestingly in terms of saying, okay, can like how do these guys go from the American League to trying to win a Stanley Cup? Yeah. All right, you back? No. Uh, oh. We're just talking about long seasons. I'll never forget we had a five-game road trip with when I was coaching in Columbus. Five-game road trip, and our fifth game was in Colorado, when when they were really really good. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, boys, we got to be ready to play. And I'm thinking, like it's like our fourth game in six nights. We weren't a very good team to begin with, and we're playing Colorado. And I'm coaching. I give the great pep talk to vote, and we're losing five nothing after the first period. <laughs> and I said to my assistant coaches, guys. If we keep playing like this, it's going to be 15 now. Like, seriously. <laughs> seriously. And you know what? The guys didn't have one thing in their tank. Not They didn't have a thing. It, it, it was that type of long season, late in the season, really a grind. And it's a grind for everybody. We ended up losing the game 5-3, you know, because we battled. And they stopped playing, really, was the reason. Colorado said, okay, I'm not going to embarrass this new franchise. But it's a long, tough, tough season. And, you know... It, in every professional sport, it's the same. It gets it gets to be the dog days. And I remember when we were when I was coaching them, when the pitchers reported to training camp for the Major League Baseball, it was like, oh my God, we're finally in the stretch drive. Now we can really. It's, it, this is this is the fun time of year. Once the pitchers report, you're saying, okay, now we're in the stretch drive. Now we got to really take it to a whole nother level here. So you know, it's funny how you have different marks during the season. Ask him that question. Yeah. Yeah. It was just uh, before we lost you there, I was asking about, you know, Nick and I had been talking about the bottom six for the Leafs. And now they've got Bobby McMahon playing a few minutes. They got Hampus Lindholm actually took some shifts on the second line for them. Just want to get your thoughts on if it's possible for these guys who are relatively unheralded players to step into the lineup and, you know, be impact players in a, in a playoff series. They got Hampus Lindholm from Boston? Or sorry, with Pontus Holmberg. It's <laughs> all, all similar sounding. Imagine that. Okay, okay, okay. I was wondering where the hell you were going with that. I thought, where did I miss that trade? Yeah, big deal uh, today. And he's a, def- he's a defenseman. He's not playing up front. Anyway, you know what? 
we saw it with was Ross Colton when he came up with Tampa Bay a couple of years ago, really had a great run guy. It happens. Guys come up and, and, and get the job done and, mm-hmm. you know, buy into the roles and, and really have perfect fits. And it, it seems to happen every year. We saw it happen with Goodrow a few years ago. We had a great playoff in San Jose. I mean, it happens where guys come in and become real important guys. Goodrow again, and uh, you know, different teams. It's it, it, certain types of guys rise to the occasion. The Leafs have missed on it. They've missed on it, in my opinion, for four years in a row on finding that right bottom six. This year, their bottom six at times have played pretty well. So it'll be, this is another test for them. Their goaltending is going to be a test. Murray and, the, and Samsonov have played really well. Full marks to them in for most of the season. Their bottom six have been pretty good, maybe as good as we've ever seen recently. We'll see what happens at playoff time. That's going to be a real important test. The big boys, it's tougher to score. It's tougher to play. They're defended so much. You know, the defense becomes so much tougher on the best players. You need those guys to perform. The Leafs, in my opinion, their bottom six has been pretty good. Now we'll see what they do at playoff time. But that's going to be a monumental test. And they can't get it wrong this year. they got to make sure it's right. Trade deadline. Trade deadline is going to be real important because you know Boston are going to add. I just I, I was talking to somebody yesterday. Boston are going to every top prospect with the Bruins, as thin as they may be in the prospect chain, are available because they're going to they're going to go for it. Boston, they got to go for it. Tampa, you know they're going to do something. So what are the Leafs going to do at the deadline? It'll be you know to match what they're going to be up against. I think the Leafs have a good chance to get by the first round. I'm with Nick on that. I really do. We're talking to Doug McLean, former NHL president, general manager, and head coach. As far as a little over 24 hours, Mac, how much will Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas take out of what they witnessed tomorrow night in terms of going up against a team like the Boston Bruins? Can they get a pretty good idea out of just one game to know what the focus needs to be? Can they zero in on that out of tomorrow night's game to get to a trade deadline? Well, I just have to watch how uh, the Kraken decimated the Bruins last night. You know, they ate them up. You know, just follow the the uh, Kraken model, um, whatever that is. But it well, certainly worked. We have Montgomery talking about right it now. Yeah, seven we, in a row now. We had. Look, we had... I, I think you know it, this is a good matchup. Again, earlier in the season, they played really well against the Bruins. You know, this is another big test. The Bruins have been the best team in the NHL. By far, they've been the best team and most consistent team in the NHL. It's a great test for them, but those are matchups, but those are different from what it's like when you hit playoffs. Nick, you remember, it goes up 25%. The intensity level goes up 25%. It's a different game. You've got to play through people. It, It becomes a grind, and it's a good test, but that you've got to be prepared to play at playoff time. And I, I'll never forget. And, and I, I tell this story all the time. I remember saying to my team every night we play, before we played Pittsburgh in the playoffs, I said, I want to make Mario. We want to make Mario and Yammer Yager hate hockey by mm-hmm. the time this series is over. And you know what? Both of them hated hockey at the end of that series. They hated it. And it, you know, it's, it's vicious out there. So it's not the same today, but it's still vicious. Doug, I know it's impossible to really know in terms of culture and leadership of a team when, you know, none of us are inside the Maple Leafs room, but how do you think they stack up 
against the Boston Bruins team. You know, we talked to Montgomery and he talked about trust and how all these guys have the best interest of the team in mind. And, you know, you head into a playoff series. How do you think the, the, the Leafs stack up in that department? Have they been through enough now that we feel like they've probably got some of their own culture and, and leadership to count on? Well, I, I, how can they not? I mean, how many times can you be kicked in the teeth before you before you say, okay, enough already? And they've got quality people there. You know, they've got, I mean, Matthews, Marner, Riley, Giordano. I mean, these, these are quality people that, you know, that should be more than prepped to, to challenge. But, but the Bruins are pretty unique today. They, they're pretty unique. When you got Bergeron as your number one guy and Marchand, who everybody hates, but everybody would love to have, and Pasternak and McAvoy and Carlo and their goaltending which is like a freak, a team. Their goaltending is a team. Those two guys, you know. So, I mean, I, I just, I, it, it's going to be a tough matchup. But you know, the Leafs, they, they've got to, they, they can't lose again this year. They got it. Whether they, you know, I don't know about beating Boston, but they got to get by the first round. I mean, we said the same thing this time a year, a year ago. They got to get by the first round, and they unfortunately didn't and played pretty well. I, I. I'll be. Sh- I will be surprised if the Leafs don't get by the first round. I really will be, and, and I know they're going to play Tampa. And I still will be surprised if they don't beat Tampa. If they don't beat Tampa, good grief! What a, then? Then they got to make some massive changes. That's what's got to happen. But I think they beat them. I really do. Want to keep it in the uh, Atlantic Division, Mac, and, and just get your thoughts on the Ottawa Senators and the big, the big talk going into the season was meaningful games. Uh, are they going to play meaningful games here? Are they already trying to, outside of ownership, uh, in a short period of time, I look at a guy like uh, Debrinket, and I'm like, what are they going to do with this guy? They they can't let him uh, qualify at $9 million and then walk him to free, unrestricted free agency, can they? No, I mean, you pay a first, second, and third round pick to acquire Debrinket, you you got to sign him. And I'll be shocked if they don't get them on a long-term deal in the seven, seven and a half million range. I, I see that. I know they want to sign them, and I think they will get them signed. They like them. They they actually they actually think he's he's got a chance to become a, a very important guy. Will he ever be a forty goal scorer? Maybe not, but he's certainly going to be a thirty goal scorer. And I think he's he's a good asset, a valuable guy. They like him a lot. I'll tell you what they're really excited about. Giroux has been the first acquisition they've made in years that has come in and really set a tone in their room. And, you know, they rave about Giroux and the job he's done, the respect he has. Kachuk's the leader, but don't discount the leadership of Giroux in that dressing room. I'd love to see them make the playoffs. It's going to be such a race to get in, though. That's the challenge. I mean, what are they out today? Six, eight points out. I mean, it is going to be so tough to climb over teams, but I'd love to see that young group get in. Um, Talbot, can he get them in? He's good. He's average. Um, they need him to be unbelievable down the stretch here to get in. And Shabbat, to me, like I keep watching Shabbat thinking, oh, my God, you, you've got to be better than what I'm watching. You've got to be better than this. I mean, maybe I'm catching him on off nights, but this guy has got to be better than what he, how he's performed on a lot of nights, for me anyway. Do you think, million or whatever he's at. You think Ottawa, like of the group that's not Toronto, Boston, Tampa, are they the the next best team? Is it the Sabres? Is it the Red Wings? Who you got? You're talking Atlantic. Atlantic, or talking, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo really intrigued me, but they can't seem to to keep it going. I mean, Jersey's going to get Jersey's getting in. I mean, it's going to be a dog fight. It really is. Yeah. But I, to, from a skill perspective, are Ottawa not right there? Are they not right there to get in? I mean, their defense, they still have a massive hole on the back end that they have not been able to fix. They've got to find a defenseman for the deadline. They've got to find a defenseman. And, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I mean just a number four, you know, right-hand shot number four guy that can really play, you know, that 23 to 26 minutes for them. That's what they desperately need. And hopefully they can get one. Can you get in with Ryan Reynolds and uh... – by this team, um, I after watching Netflix, I think I'm going to invest in a soccer team. It looks like it's a lot more fun over there. <laughs> <laughs> Are they really going to get uh, eight, nine hundred million dollars for this team? I don't know. It's pretty bizarre. I was involved in a group when we we're trying to put a deal together, Tampa, and we had a, a deal for two hundred million to buy Tampa Bay Lightning in, nine, in you know what was it, ten years ago, and my owner paid eighty million for Columbus, and they're going to get eight or nine hundred million. It, they probably are. They probably are. I, I bet I, you wish that worked out in Tampa. Yeah, what a joke. But anyway, we're fifteen million short. Fifteen million short on that deal to close it. And I remember sitting in the Starbucks with the Palace people when they own the Red Wing. And my the guy that was heading up our group, he said, uh, "Look, if you guys will hold fifteen million in paper." We will uh, we'll close the deal on Monday, and I thought, oh my God, give me a drink of that cappuccino. We're going to celebrate <laughs> here, and they refused. They didn't, and they ended up holding a hundred and fifty million in paper to the group they sold it to. Wow! Ouch. So anyway, it, it uh, yeah, because they you know obviously didn't have enough money. So anyway, it was uh, it was it was a fun experience. I mean, I spent eight months on that process, and we ended up not getting it, but we we came out of it all right. Okay, one one more quick one. Uh, Connor Bedard, is it just an absolute given that this guy's going to be able to do what all players that get labeled as generational do? They come in and they're impact right away. Uh, do you see that with this kid? Oh, man, he looks so good. He he looks just amazing. I, I You know, I, I the only game I really saw was Canada-USA, and it was a, a hard-fought battle, and it was there wasn't a lot of ice at times to you know to to go. It'll be a lot tougher in the NHL. Is he capable of being a Sid? Is he capable of being a McDavid? Uh, that's asking a lot. But he's damn good. But yeah. those guys are such. Yeah, he's got character. He's got everything going for him. I, I'm just saying. I'm just you know. I'm praying Columbus get him with that. Uh, with that first pick, and uh, I know they're devastated in Columbus being in 32nd overall right now. I don't think I was ever 32nd overall when I was there, but anyway, that's okay. That's for another day. But uh, All right. anyway, you know, I'd love to see them get them. Well, listen, good luck with that investment with John Bartlett in crypto. <laughs> don't want to miss oh, another yeah, big next... opportunity. <laughs> Thanks, right. guys. You passed Thanks, on guys. Apple, really? didn't you? You passed on yeah, Apple. You passed yeah, on Google. Yeah, don't do this. Anyway, look, guys, I really, really appreciate you getting me on. It really is <laughs> hey. great. All right. Thanks. Go back to the All hot right. tub. Doug McLean. <laughs> Why do we make Doug not, do that? I don't know. <laughs> He's look. Like, 
I don't. Is that good radio? I, I literally have no idea. <laughs> I think for, it's perfect for our Fridays. It really sticks with the theme. It is because our uh, give a crap meter really I'll, goes down I'll say on it's, Friday. It's high ceiling, low floor radio. We Good. get a little bit of both. And just enough to give us our, our next break. Okay, when we come back, uh, Shane Wright's going to pop by, and uh, we're going to talk a little Windsor Spitfire, World Juniors, Seattle Kraken. Uh, so happy to have uh, Shane on uh, on board uh, when we come back after the break, and we'll also get into a few things. Uh, Emily Kaplan uh, spoke of Austin Matthews not being 100%. I want to get into that as well after the break. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, more on Real Kipper and Bourne. After these words. So happy to be back off break because I don't have to hear Sammy whining and complaining that uh, no one's giving him a stealth driver. We got to talk to some people. I don't know if there's any like large golf outlets that work with individuals out there, but if they do. Because he hears other shows getting free stuff. Yeah. And it's pissing him off. Well, I've, I've, never got, I've, I've never got one free thing ever. <laughs> this is the biggest lie I've ever heard one person tell. You're well, the... I mean, I've got free golf, but not one free golf thing. Like a driver. Or I've a given you a sleeve of balls. And you gave me a driver, too. You get a hat every time. Give it to every you time I've really, gone golfing with you. I gave you a crappy driver, apparently. Yeah, yeah it was not great. It's like hitting a pop can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this show and uh, Golf Guys, available for golf sponsorship. Yeah. Anyone want to send me a driver? I'm available. All right. Let's Callaway. We want Callaway, though. I'd like some irons. Oh, nice. they're great sticks. Yeah. I've had <laughs> mine for about wedges. six years. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Got some tailor-made rack irons. All, All right. right. How far are we from golfing? Oh, too, too far. far. I think we're the farthest from on both sides. We're in the depth of it. All right, Sammy, you're going to find a Shane Wright? Yeah, he's going to call in in a second. All right. So, Wait. Shane Wright, Windsor Spitfires, currently. How many, how many, oh, I'm going to ask him, how, uh, how many teams has he played on this year? I think it's just three. No. Yeah, but is it the Kraken? Seattle. Oh, the American League yes. team, Coachella, the World Junior yes. Team, Windsor. There you go, four. And coming up five, likely, right? Isn't that the thing he's getting traded somewhere? That's... Well, and he never... I don't think he, he went back to Kingston. Oh. Let's ask him. Okay. Let's welcome in Shane Wright, uh, the newest member of the uh, Windsor Spitfires, of course, top prospect with the Seattle Kraken and uh, most recently captain of the gold medal winning team. Uh, Shane, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, catch your breath yet? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Obviously, been uh, a little bit of a whirlwind here. Been uh, you know, a couple different teams and different places and all that, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, finally, nice to settle down here. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Uh, uh, you know, you're not going to play on another team, but between now and uh, the end of the season, that must that must feel good. Yeah, it definitely feels good. Uh, like I said, nice to you know, finally know where I'm playing here. Nice to uh, you know know what know what team I'm on and uh, you know living situation as well and all that. So uh, definitely a good feeling for sure. Why don't you tell us about the uh, the experience so far? I mean, you know, some uh, NHL time. You have a, a World Junior experience. Uh, you know, the first half of the season, maybe not exactly how you saw it going, but how how would you sum up the the learning experience that the start of the season till now has been for you? Yeah, I think I've definitely learned a lot. Obviously, uh, you know, just the chance of being in Seattle, being around those guys, 
Um, and, you know, having that NHL experience is, um, you know, really beneficial for me. Uh, you know, definitely learned a lot from those guys, learned a lot from those games. And, uh, you know, the AHL as well, learned a lot there. And then uh, World Juniors as well, you know, took a lot from that experience. So, um, you know, I've had, the, had you know, uh, been fortunate enough to be around, you know, a lot of uh, really talented, really, uh, you know, high-end guys, high-end players, and uh, definitely uh, was able to learn a lot from all of them. As far as the biggest adjustment, Shane, for you personally, uh, from junior to NHL, what out of the games that you did manage to get in, what was the most noticeable thing um, that you saw on the jump, and uh, what are the things that you're going to have to uh, work on? Yeah, it's a really fast game. I think that's uh, that was the biggest thing. You know, every every player is you know uh, is the best best league in the world, best players in the world. Uh, everyone's, uh, you know, the, the top notch, everyone's, um, you're such a smart player. Everyone's making the right decisions. You know, uh, every pass on the tape, you know, you're not really making, making mistakes. And you know, the ones you do, the mistakes that you do make, you know, they're, they're going to cost you're going to, you know, maybe end up in the back of your net or end up in a scoring chance against. So, um, you know, you have to be perfect. You have to make sure you're on your game at all times. And, uh, it's definitely a bit of an adjustment for me for sure. So what is the best case scenario uh, for how the rest of this season goes for you? Obviously, I can imagine what it is at the team level. For your own development, how would you like to see the rest of this season play out? Yeah, I think just, uh, you know, just play here and, and, and enjoy myself. You know, really, uh, uh, you know, take a lot from this experience and um, try to, you know, produce offensively. I think that's uh, that's one of the biggest things, you know, I want to do when I'm here is, um, you know, uh, produce offensively. And um, that was something that, you know, Coach Coach Savard talked to me about already uh, in Windsor here is, um, you know, wants me to play, play offensive and, and, you know, play with the puck and create chances. And um, I think that's definitely something I want to uh, really uh, pick up here for sure. You know, it's funny. We just had the head coach of the Boston Bruins on, Jim Montgomery, and he spoke very highly of your uh, your your NHL team, Seattle, and just what is going on there. And while many of us, including me, I'll be the first one to admit, man, I just did not see Seattle challenging this year. But uh, obviously, from from the time that you spent with them, I, I don't think that you're probably as surprised as uh, the rest of us. No, I mean, I was uh, you know fortunate enough to be there for a couple months and. Uh, got to see what everyone was was like on a day to day basis, and um, it's uh, it's it's pretty professional there. You know, everyone's really dialed and everyone's really committed to um, know the process of the team and to winning games. And um, you know, obviously, it's uh, it's paying off so far this year with with the level of play and um, you know the amount of games they've been able to win so far. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was nice nice and and uh, you know I was lucky enough to see all that uh, kind of unfold at the start of the year and really uh, you know learn a lot from all these guys uh, as well. Was there anyone in your time there that, uh, you know, kind of helped you or took you under your wing or uh, under their wing? Uh, anyone that you really got to know that uh, perhaps you didn't know about them? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say really any uh, any one guy in particular. I think just overall, uh, it's a really good group of guys. So obviously, uh, um, you know, got to know that some of the older guys like Eberle, uh, Alex Wenberg, uh, Justin Schultz, like all those guys who are, who are you know, older veteran players who, who've, you know, had a lot of success in the NHL and, um, you know, just kind of learned from, from their past experiences and, you know, learning from, from, uh, you know, what, what they've done their past, uh, you know, years in, in the league and in the NHL. And, um, I think anytime you can, you know, talk to guys like that, it's, uh, it's so valuable. You can learn a lot from them. And, uh, I definitely learned a lot from them for sure. One more for us. And, and we got to ask you because you had the, the, the best view, uh, playing with a guy like Connor Bedard and, uh, just how good is this guy going to be? Shane. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have no idea how good he's going to be, but I know he's going to be pretty, uh, uh, a really, really good player. I think obviously everyone sees, 
you know, the talent and sees, you know, what he can do with the puck. And um, I think a lot of time goes unnoticed, you know, just how, uh, you know, committed, just how passionate he is to, to his own game and, and to getting better and always, you know, improving himself. I think that's something that, um, you know, I really noticed about him is, He's always, you know, expecting the best of himself. He always has, you know, high expectations on himself, and he always wants to uh, be the best version of himself that he can be. And um, I think the sky's the limit for him. And uh, I'm really excited to see where you know his career goes. Well, listen, we want to wish you the best of luck in Windsor, and uh, we can't wait to to see Connor and you start your uh, careers on a full time basis, and that'll come very, very soon. Thanks for doing this, Shane. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Shane, Shane Wright, captain of the gold medal winning Canadian World Juniors. Yep. He's going to be a really good player. He is. I, I like him. I, you know, I spent a lot of time picking through his shifts this season. Um, you know, he, he's a smart player, you know, has some talent and it's a big jump, right? Playing the national hockey league. You s- spent a couple of years going back and forth and trying to get a foothold. You can understand how it takes some time to just jump in. And him, he mentioned Savard, Savvy, Mark Savard, who used to work here, who I worked closely with for a couple of years and watched games with, with for a couple of years, watching the Leafs when he did Leafs Nation post game. And there's not many guys in the world that love offensive hockey like Mark Savard does. Yeah. Like there's no him being coached by Savvy that's going to only help his offensive game. I think, like, I think the defensive side of the puck for Shane is something that's kind of one of his calling cards. Like, he's a pretty responsible I was gonna say, yeah, guy. Yeah. But I really do think that there's a world playing for Savvy and just the way that he saw the ice and the way he played offense that could really kind of take his game to the next level. That Windsor team's really good. So, as, as a, the local OHL insider, when it comes to, uh, you know, the OHL, right. he's... That, that's a good team that's got a real chance to... to uh, By to insider, you mean guy who pays attention to Yeah, it? I keep an eye on it. So No, I just think it's a really good opportunity for him playing for uh, Savvy. kind of feel bad for him in terms of just now today's world with the, the internet ability to follow like um, 12-year-olds, 13, 14. By the time they're like 17 or 18, mm-hmm. they've had almost their own kind of personal careers. Right. He's five and years in like, his career. I'm um, I'm watching the highlights of uh, this 14 year old uh, phenom uh, women's Nella hockey. Lupa-Sanova. She scores the Michigan now, and now she's. I must have seen her Michigan on TV 18 times. Yeah, like they couldn't play it enough. But she scored another goal that was way more nasty. Yes, we, we are the, the one with the toe drag. We are, was we are in nice. this world nice. now when when you can. Get your. We can get our hooks on these kids at such a young age and yeah. watch them, and it's almost as if watching Shane Wright in those last six months mm-hmm. of go going from basically first pick overall to dropping as if there's some sort of failure with that. I know. He got and that, selected fourth and, overall and, into the National Hockey League. Fourth overall, <laughs> and somehow. We've managed to make him feel bad about it. <laughs> I know. It's so what is wrong with us? I know. Oh, he got into, what, he got into nine He's NHL no games good. this year at He's... 19 years who, old? Who said anything like that? Well, it is definitely right? implied that this year. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. Sammy burying him? Oh, I didn't bury him. In case. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He, but... could, he can go and play 15, 20 years. The question is now is do we believe that we've seen enough to say definitively that he's going to be a, a good player, but he's not going to be a star. He's not going to be a uh, a guy that can 
uh, franchise type of player or, well, you know, I mean, you know, as you get up and the levels get higher, your ability to separate yourself from that pack is smaller. Everyone's good. So we just watched him get to the highest level of all and kind of work his way in a little bit. The problem is not that we kill the guy for failing. It's that we big them up on the way up when it's, oh, it's unrealistic. Like, But it's the hype, right? It's yeah. always about the hype. That's right. And it's and who can hype Nella. You know, like, I'm sure she's going to be a wonderful player, but, you know, pump the brakes on the exciting, and that way the bottom's not so bad. You know, if we can find that sort of, like, this is a Lafre- good player. Uh, Lafreniere in, in New York. Sure. Like, is he going to be a superstar in the league? Or is he just going to be a, a very good player? To see it happening, probably a very good player. You know, Jack Hughes recently took the, the leap. Nico Hishier never quite did, but he's a good two-way guy. You know, Yakupov's not in the league. Uh, I don't know. It's tough, you know, the, the top like, picks. Yes, a pull your Yarvi. Like, like, Shane, like Shane Wright said, pretty fast league. Pretty fast. Pretty fast. Pretty, pretty good players good, from good all league. over the world. Good league. <laughs> you know? Connor Bedard playing in the Western Hockey League. Mm-hmm. How many Western Hockey League uh, players in the uh, in the last 30 years have gone first overall? I, I just heard this the other day. Uh, if you're question. asking me, it's got to be like five. I'm going to say Ryan gets I'm going to say lower than that. I'm going to say probably maybe one or two tops. Three, three. Can you name them? Uh, yeah. Was Getzlaff one? No, I don't think. Hold so. on, my brain hurts on a Friday. I'm terrible at this sort Nugent of thing. By the way. Hopkins, right? Out of um, yeah, and uh, Chris Phillips. Wow, that's it. That's a In thirty years. Wow, so you said three. There's only two. And well, Connor Bedard, and Connor, Connor Bedard, yeah. yeah, will be the third. Now, Chris Phillips, Nugent Hopkins, good player, best season of his Played career very, now. At whatever he's thirty right? years old or something now, isn't he? First overall, yeah. not a franchise player, not a superstar, good but player. just a really very good, good player. player. Yeah, I mean, if, audacity. If, if if Shane Wright ends up being a Nugent R&H, Hopkins, what a career! Pretty good. Take that, I think. Anyone would take that, including himself. He would I, I always thought that RNH was a guy that another team should pry away from Edmonton if they could, because I feel like if given a different opportunity, he might be a, a more valuable piece somewhere He's else. He's already played 762 games. In the How old is he? 29. I'm old. I feel old. I know you guys don't want to hear that from me, but like but you're, you're, you're starting at 18. Who is it? Someone in the league, I think Matty Beniers or something, said that like he grew up watching Austin Matthews before he played here. <laughs> it was like, it's like, it's Matthews' eighth year, isn't it? Seventh, eighth? Yeah. Oh, my God. He grew I, up I, watching Austin one Matthews. One of my worst feelings ever was I, I, like, 10, 12 years ago, I'm in a bar and like, guy like 6'5 comes up to me and goes, hey, I grew up watching you on Sportsnet. You're like 42 like, or something. I played, man. Yeah. I played. I want Stanley Cup with the Rangers, dude. I don't care about Sportsnet. <laughs> I want a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't born yet, there, buddy. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Check, please. Yeah. <laughs> it should not be out past uh, yeah. midnight here. Yeah. But, hey, listen, uh, I'm the dinosaur. Yeah, there you got that right. Is. There it is. I think... I think uh, <laughs> We look at uh, Sam Reinhart. There's another guy that I think at times was talked about as uh, a first pick overall. Mm-hmm. He, he went, went second. Was he second or third? But, yeah, second. I mean, fine. Good career. Fine player. Yep. Not a Hall of Famer. Nope. Not a star. Superstar. 
But, oh, it's, you know, to be a guy who plays in the top six, which Reinhardt does in the NHL, 30 teams, you know, four winger spots per team. It's 120 wingers. Yeah. You're one yeah. of them. Way to go. I, he's, a, he's on his way to his one, two, three, four, five, sixth in a row 20-goal uh, season, Sam Reinhardt. Yeah. Oh, great career. Take him. Can win with that guy. Probably made thirty not, million dollars. Not, not presently, right now. You Team can't win, win. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're having a tough time with that. Having a tough time. Okay, uh, we are gonna in a, in a little while. We're gonna take some texts on Friday here, Sammy. Is yep. that? I'm just. Uh, what's the address? Uh, the address. Uh, <laughs> you can text us. Just go send a letter to one Mount Pleasant. Uh, I told you I'm the dinosaur. Text the address, Sammy. Uh, the dinosaur. Text us at five ninety five ninety. And uh, on YouTube, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you at me, and then you can uh, get your questions read by us. But a couple things before we get to that. Okay. Uh, I kind of teed it up a little while ago. Emily Kaplan sent out uh, a report uh, through ESPN, I think the broadcast, if I'm not mistaken. And she said that Austin Matthews has not been 100% this season, uh, but especially due to other Leaf injuries early. He has played through it that plus the fact he's under the weather has kept him out the last two games Matthews likely to return on Saturday we do believe that uh, he will be in against the Boston Bruins but I found this rather interesting with the suggestion that he has been hurt all season yes that is an interesting suggestion when did they play Dallas early in the year how many games into this very early the first the third game of the year, fourth. Can that be constituted as all season? Yes. Why? You think he got hurt then? That cross check, Jamie Ben. Uh, no, it's not a cross. That's not the cross check. Kipper's got something up. No, I don't. I don't. But um, I mean, um, I, I had heard Do it. Do you know things? I don't know things, and I would just be speculating. And someone okay. had suggested to me what uh, he might be battling outside of, okay. you know, not uh, being under the weather. I, I'm not going to throw it out there because it's just uh, mere speculation and okay. I'd rather not do that. Sure. But I do find it interesting that at this particular time, you know, I mean, Emily, no different than me or Elliot, you know, you only can go by what you're based and told, right? Mm-hmm. On occasion. But is this... Is it Doug McLean? I'm not telling you it's true. I'm telling you what I heard. No, no. This is just me kind of spitballing on hearing this as if if you're wondering why a 60 goal score becomes a 40 goal score it's because you're playing injured all year so i wrote about this today this very topic um about austin matthews do you see that at all uh based on emily's report on well, on, I, on the timing of it, I do see a player who looks less dynamic and dominant on the offensive side of things. Yes, would that be somebody from the Matthews camp saying, "Hey, don't crap all over my player because he's been playing hurt all year"? Do players camps reach out to the media sometimes? Does <laughs> 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 that ever happen? It's possible. It's very possible. Um, so that could be a thing. The other thing is, you know, your suggestion earlier in the year about becoming a more well-rounded player and in looking into a lot of the numbers, you know, I shared with you guys that stat the other day about defensive plays. And it's like him and Bergeron and he's like 70 up on Bergeron. 
Um, by the way, Bergeron's been one, number one or two in that stat for like five straight years. Um, all of his defensive numbers are really, you know, top of the league. Most stick checks, his hits per game are highest they've ever been. Blocks per game. Um, you know, basically by every defensive number you can come up with, this guy is having one of the best seasons at five on five. These are all five on five stats. Um, you know, Dom decisions, one of those guys has game score, a model that says basically what they think the, or who he thinks the Hart trophy nominees. He's got five guys ahead of Matthews this season, you know, which for a 20 goal score really speaks to all the different categories and boxes that he is checking. I don't know. Do you see enough? you know, to go from 60 to 40 goals, like you talked about at the start of the year. Well, it just, but Emily's not suggesting that he's working on his defense more. She's not. She's just coming out and saying that the guy's been hurt all season. And prop, And there's also the suggestion that if if there wasn't the other Leaf injuries early, he probably would have taken games off. Yeah. That's and, the other thing I get out of this. And if he weren't he sick play- right now, he'd probably still be playing. So I don't know, you know, it, it, they're different things. I do think that when you're hurt, I think playing defense is easier than playing offense. I think you have to be more dynamic and energetic and it's harder to create let me, offense. Let me throw one more twist to this uh, report. Mm-hmm. Is that he's negotiating a contract this summer. Mm-hmm. Is this another message maybe to the Leafs saying, I'm negotiating as a 60-goal scorer here, and if he ends up 40, don't be coming back at me and negotiating as a 40-goal scorer. Uh, I feel like you would think of that. (laughs) That is the most Kipper thought. It's not wrong, right? Like, I'm sure, like he's saying, I'm playing hurt, I'm dealing with something. You know, that's not my pace. My pace is what I've done every other season. Pay me like that. It's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, certainly. You can stay for the rest of the show, Sammy. Thank you. No problem. Well, but I think you're focusing on the wrong thing here. You're focusing on Kaplan's report. You're very interested in Kaplan's report rather than Matthew's play and what he is and what's happening. Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, 100% I am. I'm just, <laughs> right? That's the message. Yeah. That's okay. the message is that So you think I'm it's hurt. come from internally? I'm, hurt. I'm playing on some nights I probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it all season. If anyone's questioning that uh, I'm on pace for a 40-goal season, this might have something to do with it. I was actually thinking earlier, watching a lot of his video today and yesterday, thinking that, you know, you wonder if the Leafs go, you know, maybe there is something that's been kind of bothering them that's not going to get better. If they they did just want to say, take a couple of games off, you know, we need you at dynamic and dominant. We don't need you at playing good defense and being on the right side of the puck and all that sort of things. And these two a games, fresh start. Yeah. these two games midweek where it's like the well, Predators who you know, yeah. mid, and then you go in a back-to-back to play against the Crabs Wings. Say, so, you know what? Take a week. Let's start over against Boston. See if we can find something here from you. Just looking for a little bit more pop from the guy. It is interesting, though, when you look back at Sheldon saying, you know, not even answering Luke Fox's question about it, could something be hampering his shot? You know, it, it, if he knows that there is something lingering here with Matthews. The last thing Emily Kaplan's report does for me is completely shuts him down from the all-star game whether he gets in off of a vote or not he ain't going right you don't that pleases me you don't you don't uh you know come out with a report saying he's 
not been 100% all season, this season, and then go to the All-Star weekend. Yeah. So congratulations, Willie Nylander. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great assumption. Have we seen uh, any updated numbers on that? Like, have they put anything out? I haven't. I At hashtag around. NHL yeah. All-Star Listen, vote, uh, which wraps up this Saturday. I guess Saturday. that's a question. I should probably be answering that question as I am the producer of the show. There's, there's still... There's still that behind-the-scenes stuff that some teams don't want certain players to not go. They they don't go. I appreciate the fan votes, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. teams and leagues decide who go. Yeah. Hmm. So you don't think John Scott's getting in this year? Uh it's going to be kind of interesting. I think there might be one or two names that we could just shake our heads at, but I don't think there's going to be as many as we th- we think the potential has to be. Okay. Do you guys see it come up in your Twitter feed? Do you see anyone getting votes like with this hashtag? No, I've not seen any uh, leaderboard. Is that what you're asking? I am asking that. I've not seen a Me leaderboard. Me neither. Nor have I. You want to talk about Carlson? Yes. Yes. Okay, so this is the last thing before we get to a few questions. Eric Carlson, so what's the word? Let's give us the, the background. So Frank Cervelli put out a tweet saying that it was reported that the Sharks ask for Eric Carlson is three first-round picks, and the Sharks <laughs> will, will retain 18% of his contract. <laughs> imagine, imagine if, you did that. Your you team can't... took on $10.5 million for a 30-some-year-old guy with injury issues. No. Three first rounders. Can't can't get it if you don't ask. Okay. I'd like to be paid one million dollars to host this show. There you go. It's getting redundant. <laughs> Listen, he's uh he's good. Again. Are we talking about me? Uh Carlson. Oh. And you're okay. Thanks. I'll take half that then. Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He has put himself in a position where He's really good. Yeah. Like the I best mean, right now. Unbelievable season. Norris Trophy for sure. For me? Yeah. No. If it, Up until this point. I mean, he has the most points by a lot. He's having an unbelievable offensive season. I would take 10 guys in the league before him at the same money. 10? 10 guys. Okay. I'm pretty confident I could get there. What would he look like, say, in Edmonton? Look like the Oilers. Go really good this way and not so good that way. Wouldn't he? It wouldn't put them right at the front of the line on a team that could get to a stand like a final in the West? No, not for me, man. I, I know what we're going for here, with, but it with Edmonton, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, Edmonton? now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> okay. like the, I want someone yeah. to, like, okay, we're up yeah. three to one. Who we, who's going over the boards, you know, the, that we trust to, to protect this league? You don't want to. What did we say he has after this year? Three more years? Yes, 10 and a half. So, so they're offering to retain 18% of his salary. Which I don't think is enough. I mean, so that gets him at what, 9000000 million? I'm not good at math. Eight and a half, something like that. His salary is $12 million this year. His is it $12? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's. Cap hit 11.5. Okay. So, yeah, I yeah, nine. I think I I think there'd be takers at uh, seven and a half to eight million on the next three years. I I think so too. 
but it's not. Eric Carlson, not, seven and a half to eight years million. After, I'm in. Four Sorry, years for after, sure. It's four years after this. Four <laughs> years. Yeah, it expires in twenty six, twenty seven. But you know, that number you're talking about is a Morgan Riley number. Minus eighteen percent. Yeah. Nine point eight four million. Would you rather have Carlson and Morgan Riley? Of course you would. Yeah. And he has a no move. So as much as San Jose can float out three first rounders. He'll go where he wants. He's Pat Kane. Yeah. When when Eric Carlson says, uh, you know, why are you wasting your time talking to Edmonton? I already played in Canada. I played cold. I yeah. like it in California. Focus on south of here. I mean, all of that still has to p- get played out here. You can talk me into Eric Carlson for, for that $8 million. Like, I'd pay yes. for that. I'd pay for him. For sure. Three? I'd pay for him. No. I think... I think that 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 has a chance. If someone would say, "We'll give you two first and eat a bunch of salary," you can give us Eric Carlson. Because if you're a San Jose, you're like, you need that off the books. You're not trying to win right now. Well, you're, you're paying thirty cents on the dollar. What's left on his contract? It's a good deal to yeah. unload that. They're just being too obvious about how they want to get rid of it. Like this is their one shot. They feel like how he's playing right now is to get rid of this contract and it feels like they're playing with pocket aces and they have a big smile big on their face. big ask for greer right now right like your first time gm better nail this one he's trade not a getting, no trade he, he honest if if he can if he can get his owner to withhold 30 percent and get a first rounder out of it and a prospect run yeah run totally your team stinks agree. totally agree and they're going to stink for a long time, yeah. and you get to save your owner a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're not winning and improve your chances of getting better draft picks. And, you know, if you're uh, San Jose, you're saying, don't don't look at Ekman Larson. Don't look at what's happening there. Look at Lindholm. You leave a bad team and you're good. Don't look at Ekman Larson. Don't yeah. look at that. It's Lindholm. And all of a sudden it's funny because I've been saying this right from the get-go. All of a sudden, Pat Kane has got some health issues. So what do you think? I don't understand what you think that means. That he doesn't want to go somewhere? It means Or he wants to protect himself he's, until... He's got options. It means, yeah, if I need to shut it down and do some cleanup work and decide my, my future in the summer, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, and I'm not saying he will not be traded in, in March. So then is that leverage against Chicago basically to say... Hey, trade me exactly I think, where I want I, or I think it just reminds everybody I am in complete control here. That's all. He did an interview. Yeah, nice. and you kind of read between the lines on that a little bit? Yeah, I sent it to our group and he basically said about he has the full support of his girlfriend Amanda. They have a kid together, I believe, and a full support of Amanda and his family to do whatever he wants, um, whether it's to stay in Chicago or play else elsewhere. She basically says, go do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you, makes you happy, because um, we're going with you. And he said, that's good to hear. So yeah, sounds like he has. Until day three in the in the hotel when your kid's screaming yeah. and there's nowhere to go. No. <laughs> Maybe a bigger suite. Maybe I'll get a, a nicer suite <laughs> than the room that I usually get. I think he's, I think he's made enough in his career to get the, the, the nicest <laughs> Yeah, you, you can upgrade. <laughs> but wherever he goes in all probability, will not be able to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. Does he want to pull a Shane Wright and be on three or f- three teams in, in yeah. a year? You don't see many players 
do the thing where they go play somewhere else and go sign back with that original club. It doesn't seem to happen very often. You know what I mean? Like, go back and re-sign with Chicago this summer. And it feels like it gets talked about every time. Every year, and it's like, well, you hear that with, uh, yeah. It was and how much, that I saw someone and, say and that how much, how much does he want to make next year? What's he mm-hmm. still worth? You don't want to sell yourself short. You're going to probably try to be convinced that Taking less will be better for you to win another championship somewhere eventually, but how about four years, thirty million? That's seven and a half per season. Yeah, if I'm him, I'd try to make more. <laughs> I'm Pat Kane. I'm Pat Kane. I'm Rick One James. Of the greatest <laughs> top one hundred in history. Yeah, maybe nine. I'd try to get nine or ten if I was him. It's one of those things, like the Tavares contract. You'd pay him nine knowing that you don't love the back end maybe, but to have him for nine, get another good couple of years out of him. Yeah. I, the only team He's still I, a, a top creator in terms of like the only team the I threw out was Buffalo for an off season. They should uh, just do it sign. now. Do or, it now. Or do it now. Do it now. Try and make a push for the playoffs. Yeah. See, I, I, I could be talked into that for sure. Say, Amanda, you told me you were cool with going anywhere. We're going to go live in Buffalo in January. The and Bills then you are find red hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a quick question from Tom Brown in Schoenberg. Full name treatment, Tom Brown. Does Zach Cassian appeal to you guys in a comparison to Pat Maroon? Are we talking for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah. I would imagine so. Maple Leafs show. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Derek, for weighing in. I'd look at it. Was he, is he making minimum? I truly don't know how he's playing this year, so I'm going off. I would take old Zach Cassian. Uh, I don't feel like the end of his career is going to be Kyle Clifford. Like, I think you're asking me, do we want Kyle Clifford? He does not make the minimum, and he is he makes $3.2 million Ooh. this year and next. Oh, uh, that's, you didn't pass. say that. Yeah, yeah hard no, no. no. He's got a I didn't big know nut. <laughs> I didn't know that. huge nut. I don't know that my ears ever require, or recovered from the beep sound we played earlier in the show. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's a that's a deal breaker, my friend. Okay. For sure. That's I, and I, I guess Tom Brown and Schoenberg didn't know that. Um, I've also gone on record saying that I think they might be second-guessing the, uh, the pass on Max Domi. Is it too late to reacquire? Yeah. I, I uh, think Max Domi would be great. Third line. No, no, I don't think it's too late. Because I, I, I'd have he's, Domi he's had, to the Leafs. He's got $3 million this year on his on the books. But I don't Take know. Take him over Engvall? What's, what's Half left? Half the size, 10 times the heart? I, I don't mean heart. I just mean chutzpah. I would revisit that one. I think Max has done uh, very well in Chicago. He's their leading scorer with 28 points. Yeah. That's like me leading my college plays, team in points. He, he, <laughs> How many do you have? 31. He, he makes it uncomfortable for uh, uh, other teams. That's one thing. It's just, and again, you know, I'm, Carolina I'm watching. did this last year at Domi, though, and it, didn't, it doesn't help that it didn't yeah. work for them. I know, but you're also giving him an opportunity to step in with Tavares and, yeah. and Willie. Yeah. Or Mitch Marner. It's a big difference. I'm in. I'm in on Max Domi. You can... Okay, I'm on. That's great for me. That'd be a lovely addition. What, do you, what else you got for us? Uh, this is from Skanak on YouTube. Wool or Shalgren? Who will be called up? And who would go to the playoffs if one of the big two are injured? I just got to wool the dice. I have no idea. I Shalgren has played in the NHL and played Ooh. adequately. Wool's hot though. I well, understand. 
I would think that... <laughs> I'll take Kipper's page. It's with, too late with, uh, with the comfort zone of knowing that you're not going to catch Boston by uh, March or early April, Maybe we're see I, w- these guys. I would think you're going to get Wall into a game. I love that. What do we got next week? Get him in. He's hot. No, no, it's too early. Is it? All you're going to do is piss off Samsonov and uh, Murray if you if you start messing with a third goalie. Too early. It is a funny statement to be like, I know you're both playing great, but we're pretty sure one of you is going to yes. get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, you'd have to frame it as like, you know, in the start of March, like, you know, but you guys just have a quick a rest. management. Yeah, just relax. Samsonov's like, I played 22 games. <laughs> <laughs> once you're in that. Have uh, some smile. <laughs> once you've got 10 games and under, yeah, you could do a lot of things. Yeah. Knowing that you're you're a lock for what's going to happen in the first round. Panthers, Habs, Jets next week, by the way. Panthers, Habs, Jets. Or, and Jets and then Habs. Doesn't it feel like Montreal beats them every time? For sure. Um, this is a question here. It's more of a statement from somebody that texted in Matt. Can you guys talk about something other than Matthews? How about the NFL? The playoffs are tomorrow. It's sports net, not hockey net. Is that a serious comment? No, but that gave me a perfect opportunity to be like, what's going to go happen in the NFL? Who do you guys... Who's making it in the Super Bowl? So you're, you're not on camera, but you're you're loaded with your uh, hoodie. Yeah, I got my AFC hoodie on today. This is the weirdest hoodie of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it, it. It just has, like, not even like cheering for one team, just all the I, AFC I cheer for the whole conference. It's like Rob Lowe wearing the NFL the, hat at exactly. the football game. I love the sport. I don't love one team in particular. <laughs> yeah. so, the Jets are on there. I love it. Super Bowl predictions. Who's going from both conferences and who's going to win? Any any picks? I got uh, Absolutely nothing on this. No idea? Nothing to offer at you all. Do you watch the NFL? I do, but like... You don't the, follow the discourse? No. Oh, me. my God. Kipper knows. I don't Kipper have time. Well, I do now. I last year and a half, I built an app, a sport uh, a sport gaming app. Which you own. Does with, Which uh, he owns. I do own. Yeah. Uh, with just reward points. We yeah. launched it, soft launched it with the NFL. Mm-hmm. So now I'm watching every play and ask, yeah. answering questions for points. Right. So like I'm I'm like glued. She's like my <laughs> wife's like, oh my god, hockey all week, and now I gotta watch football on the weekends. She's stuck. Kip, you're you don't have one, you don't have more than one TV, buddy. Come on. No. What? Really? No. You're one TV. Buddy, house? Uh, we're downgrading it. Oh, yeah, man. we're old now. Oh. Empty I think nesters. the expression is downsizing. You're not supposed to move into a. Not supposed to downgrade. Just downsize. Okay, download. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Next rewards. Uh, the Bills. Bills? Yeah. yeah, you gotta, yeah this on this is, show, this we got to be Bills. has to be show, the Bills year. My dad and I have kind of like, they're, they're family. The Bills are, for Toronto, the Bills are like family. All I know is you cannot win with Skylar Thompson as a quarterback. So I'm fairly confident that they'll get out of the wild card round. I can't, can't speak after that. So they'll play the winner of Bengals Ravens. So yeah. likely Bengals. And I have a, you know, I'm rooting very hard for the Bills. I love the Bills like you. You know, this whole Damar Hamlin story. It's yeah. just, it would be such an incredible, serendipitous story. They go on a run. They win it for him. And it, But I've got a bad feeling about the, the Bengals for yeah, them. You don't like it, eh? They're, they're good. Oh, that, my God. That Joe Burrow Joe, is a cool hey, customer, man. Cool customer. I'm a big Burrows fan, too. Yeah. <laughs> we have one cool he white is. guy and everyone's like, no, I like no, this no guy. he's 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 second coming to Tom Brady. Like he's he's the real deal. So that's gonna be a hell of a game when it Speaking happens. Speaking of not cool, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is still impossible to bet against for me. So Agree. You know. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Anyways. I can't think of an athlete I like less than Tom Brady, but 
Predic- tough, tough to knock his career. Predictions at TD Garden tomorrow night, fellas. I think it's a great low-scoring game. Give me a 2-2 overtime uh, match. Or two Leafs with an empty netter. Wow. We got positivity. Yeah. 4-3 Bruins in regulation. A lot of goals. Matt Murray. Big test. That's what I want to see. How's Matt Murray? All right. Fun today. Fridays, baby. Doug McLean. Shane Wright. Who else do we have? Doug McLean. I already mentioned him, didn't I? <laughs> you did. I I'm wait. so happy. I'm not working tomorrow. Jim Montgomery, Shane Wright, Doug McLean. <laughs> but most of, of all, thanks all, to all of you who continue to watch and listen and support us for some reason. We have no <laughs> idea why. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great weekend. We're back Monday.